The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Shannon Penrod, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning. It's going to be a great show because we've got a great guest and some really cool things to talk about. I want to start out by telling you that as long as there's internet connection, we're going to be here. We're Monday through Friday now, and we're back to doing one live show a day. But I, you know what? I so enjoyed doing those card hero segments, and I just thought that they were so uplifting that we're talking about bringing that back occasionally. And I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, were you loving it too? And and even if you're not a card family, did it make you feel warm and cozy and like, oh my gosh, there are young people out there who care about our kids and that's going to help to make it okay. Write in and let me know so that I can figure out like, you know, is this like a once a month thing? Is this a once a week thing? What is this? Because uh, I'd love to hear from you guys what you think about that. Which brings me to my very first point, which is there are lots of ways to get in touch with us here at Autism Live. And, and that's like here and here and here and here and here, right? Because we're all spread all over the place. But, <clears throat> excuse me, there are lots of ways to connect. And, uh, you know, there, people say, well, I, I don't understand why you say it this way. But remember, everybody's watching this at a different way and at a different time. So uh, if Traven can show us the, the graphic that we have, and, and I'll talk about it in the meantime, that I, I love to tell you about our homepage, which is autism-live.com. That's our homepage. And there's a little bit of everything that we do there, including our whole library is accessible there. So you can search videos from nine years ago. Uh, I guess it's technically eight, eight and a half years ago that you can search there. And you can search by topic, you can search by question, you can search all kinds of things, right? You can also find the toy guide there. And there is a live chat at the bottom of the page. Um, and well, it's only live when we're live. So I guess there's a chat at the bottom. It's not always live. It's live one hour a day. Uh, but there are lots of ways to watch the show and you can watch the live show right there, or you could go and watch it on Twitter at autism live show. I know it looks like autism lives how, but it's not, it's autism live show. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook, which so many of you guys do. You can watch us on Periscope. And of course, you can watch us live on YouTube, and we love it when you guys do there. We especially see that you guys like to do comments on Facebook and YouTube, and you can also comment on our autism-live.com because of that chat at the bottom. Now, if you want to watch us recorded, you can still watch us recorded on Facebook. You can watch us recorded. Actually, you can watch us recorded on any of those, right? Uh, if you just find the link on Twitter, you can watch it. Absolutely, our library is available on Autism uh, Live's YouTube channel. But you can also catch us as a free download on iTunes. And by the way, you can use the uh, there's a, a toggle button where you can do either the just sound so you can take us for a walk or you can do sound and picture if you want to be watching on your computer. And we encourage you to subscribe. Yes, you can do that. Uh, you can also watch us, uh, listen to us on Spotify and you can listen to us on Deezer and you can listen to us on iHeartRadio.com. So we absolutely love. And uh, whatever way works for you, I'm sure that there are other ways. And for instance, we didn't know about putting our stuff on Deezer until one of you told us. So if there's a way that you're like, well, you know, I get the rest of my podcasts here, Shannon, and you're not there, I would love to know that because we want to be all the places that you want us to be and we want to be there free. Our goal here, mission number one, and there's a lot of talk about mission lately because boy, when you face an emergency, it's really important that you know what your mission is, right? Our mission here remains to give you information and inspiration. And I feel now it's more important than ever because if there was ever a time that you needed information and ever a time that you needed inspiration, I'm guessing it's now 
right? So please know that we, this show is for the larger autism community. And what I mean by that is, of course, it is for our individuals who are on the autism spectrum. That is an of course and a first and foremost, right? But it is also for all the people who love those people. So that's for the parents and the caregivers and the, you know, the grandparents and the uncles and the aunts and the teachers and the ABA therapists, right? And the speech and language pathologists and the OTs and all of those people. Uh, speaking of OT, by the way, Kara Kaczynski sends her regards. We, we, Got our dates uh, messed up. So she's going to be back on the show another time. We were supposed to have her yesterday and she was not there, but it was because she thought she was here today. She's not here today because we have a really special guest today. So, um, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But uh, I want to start by just saying that we do have lots of experts that are on the show. I am not one of them. Please do not confuse me for one of the experts. You can confuse me for a lot of other things <laughs> people have, but do not confuse me for an expert in autism. Yes, I've been doing a show for a long time, interviewing lots of people. Yes, I consider I have an informed opinion, but that does not make me an expert. Let's all be clear about that, right? But I deeply care about you and what you're going through and want to help you if my mission is to give you information and inspiration, then, you know, I, I care about what you have going on. And I know for sure, as a parent of an individual who's diagnosed with autism at a young age, that it's, this is not one size fits all, right? Um, so it's really important for me to give you lots of different pockets of information about, uh, you know, different resources and different things that can help different people on the spectrum. So if you tell me, hey, I'm looking for resources for a 14-year-old who, you know, has difficulties with X, Y, and Z, that helps me because I go, okay, you know, let's find that, right? Put me to work for you. Because uh, I care deeply. I want to be your cheerleader. Si se puede, right? We hold virtual hands and we get through this together. Okay. Uh, having said all of that, uh, we like to start some, the show whenever possible with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani nani, are those experts talking about? What does it have to do with us? Why do we care? <sighs> right? Like, do I really have to learn this new thing? Is it going to be of any use to me? And the truth is, is, you know, I struggled with it in the beginning, but I found that if you know these things, it can help you to get the things that you want, right? Uh, so we learn them a little bit at a time. So first we give you the actual definition, which we try to make fun of because that's my job. And then we, we give you a working definition, which I try to explain so that it's usable because that's also my job. Okay. So it's all of our jobs, right? Uh, today's term, it's one that we've used several times before, but it's not the most frequent term that we use, and it's called socio-dramatic play. Doesn't that sound like, you know, something that a bunch of eggheads would sit and talk about on some show that's on at two o'clock in the morning, right? Socio-dramatic play. All right, let's take a look at our actual definition so that we can see if there's any fun to be had at poking fun of it. Uh, so socio-dramatic play. Uh, and it says pay, but it should say play. Play which involves the acting out of scripts, scenes inspired by real life, books, cartoons, and other media. Individuals take or assume uh, roles using themselves and or characters like dolls, figures, and puppets as they interact together on common themes. All right. We, uh, we got a couple of typos in there. I got to tell you, one of the hardest things of working at home is that we are used to having big screens and double screens, and I need a new pair of glasses because I can't see up close. And I'm seeing, I'm typing things. Today, it took me five minutes to type the word available because I kept putting different letters. I'm a bad typist. And, and I would go, look, it doesn't, that's not what it says. Okay, but you get the idea. So sociodramatic play uh, you know, and I, and I love how, you know, it's just, it sounds like a little bit like upper, uh, upper crust lip, uh, <laughs> British, doesn't it to you? Um, but it also sounds like fun. Hello. Doesn't this sound like, cause I, I, you know me, I love the puppets. Uh, don't make me get the puppets out again. Uh, they're here in the room, but okay. Let, so there's not a bad definition, but let's take a look now. Let's water it down just a little bit and go to our working definition. Um, and figure out why this is useful to us. So the working definition, sociodramatic play, is make-believe or pretend play. And I think we're all a little bit more familiar and comfortable with those terms, right? 
because um, we all did this. We were all kids. We all played at some point, even if we were forced to do it, right? Because this is not necessarily everybody's happy place. Like the expectation that if a kid wants to play this way that they will is really misleading. Uh, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's misleading, right? Because um, some kids will really, you know, take this on and they'll be really excited about it, but other kids have to be taught this. And a lot of times for our kids on the autism spectrum, this has to be taught to them. It has to be taught to them and, and we need to show them why this is reinforcing, which means we're gonna have to make it reinforcing. Um, when you were little, I don't wanna presume, um, so let's say when I was little, you know, the big thing was let's play house. We didn't have video games. And so it was let's play house. And it was, you know, we stood there and everybody shouted out what role they wanted to play. Right. And I always wanted to be the mom. That's all I ever wanted to be was the mom or the dog. I wanted to be the dog too. Right. Um, and that right there shows you the imagination that taking on of other roles and think about it for a second. We know that one of the deficits that our kiddos have on the autism spectrum is that that perspective taking part where they're able to think about it from another person's point of view is often diminished. It doesn't mean that it's like never going to be there. We can shore that up. And part of the way that we shore that up is through sociodramatic play. If I'm playing the dog, right? then I have to stop for a second and go, okay, what makes me the dog? Oh, well, the dog is on four legs. So now I need to get down and be on all four legs. And a dog can't speak, but what can a dog say? And I've got to think through all of those things. And when a kiddo, like sometimes you got to show the kiddo, you got to model the behavior. And by the way, that's not just kiddos on the spectrum. Sometimes there are completely neurotypically developing kids who have to be shown how to do this. And it's one of my most favorite things in life. Hello, I have the master's degree in theater and I love to play with little kiddos for that moment when they get it. Oh, oh, the rules are different now, right? And when, when I get down on the floor and I pretend to be the dog and go, <laughs> right? And when the kiddo goes, oh, she's being the dog. That's what she's doing. She's being the dog. And then you see it cross over and they go, I want to try it because that looks like fun. And then they're the dog. Super great for their brains. Super great for their brains because they're taking on another person or another, you know, another animal or another object's point of view, which we want. That's flexibility. That's perspective taking, right? And it also is very freeing. If any of you have ever been in a play, and I love talking about this with Temple Grandin, you know, she, she said that one of the things that her mom did for her was that she made her do community theater and that she loved it. First of all, it had a sense of community because when you're working on a play together, everybody knows what the mission is. We're getting ready to do the show and we, the show has to be good for the audience, which means that we're gonna, we have very defined rules that here, you know, all these things happen and it's the only place where the audience sees, but backstage we're being quiet so that they don't know that we're there, right? There's a bunch of rules um, and everybody's on mission together and it's very clear. But also it's a vacation from yourself. You don't always know what to say, right? You don't always have the perfect line. You know, somebody says something to you, you know how you always have that thought where, oh, I wished I thought of this, I would have said this, right? None of us knows the perfect thing to say all of the time. But when you're playing somebody else, you get to let that go. You don't have to be involved in what's worrying you right now. And you get to be someone else for a couple of minutes. And that is very therapeutic. Some people go on to make a living from it. And, you know, that's a great thing too. But you don't have to make a living at it. We can all make believe or pretend. And this isn't just for kids, this is for adults too. When we are doing our creative visualization, we're make-believing in our heads, right? But it's really important that we give this outlet to our kiddos for their development, but also for their stress level. So make-believe or pretend play, super fabulous. Right now is the perfect opportunity in your house. You can put make-believe play on your visual schedule and your kids will request it. Put together a box of uh, costume pieces, 
whether it's things that you would use from, um, you know, when they have those photo booth things, or it can be all the hats and scarves or your Halloween costumes. Uh, I remember years ago, uh, we had a play date back when you could have a play date because now my son is too old. We don't have play dates anymore. We have hangouts. Uh, but I remember the, when we used to do a play date and I had a play date with a really good friend uh, and her son and, uh, and she had an older son too, who was a way teenager. And I, she said, bring over all your Halloween costumes and I'll get mine out too. And we put them in the middle of the floor. She and I sat there and had herbal tea and we let these three boys, two of them were 10 and the older one was like 16 years old. They had the best play date ever because they kept putting on the costumes and pretending they were people, you know, like Darth Vader and, you know, all these different things. And they would have like these, you know, fake lightsaber battles, but they had such a good time because being somebody else for a couple of minutes, super fun. I encourage you get out the costumes, have a blast and you do it with them, model the behavior, show them how much fun it can be to be somebody else for a minute. They're not going to want to do it to begin with, but once you do a couple of them, they'll be excited to do it and they'll be excited to do it over the weekend too. So you can put it back on the visual schedule. Sociodramatic play, super fabulous. And you're going to see why that's our topic for the day in a few minutes. But we always have a question for you. And uh, our question today, are you ready for this? I'm going to take a drink while we get there. Okay. What's the hardest part of your day? Um, we, we need to start talking about this kind of stuff, right? Cause let's, this is an opportunity right now while we're home to look at some of the hard stuff. I know you're like an opportunity to look at the hard stuff, but look, if we could change it, wouldn't that be worthwhile? So what's the hardest part of your day and be writing that into us, uh, because in the coming weeks, that's what we want to take on. If we can come out of this COVID thing and be in a different place on a couple of things, like two things, um, whether, you know, it's that, oh, the morning routine is the hardest thing of the day. If, if there's a way that during this COVID emergency that we could change that and the morning could cease being the hardest part of the day for you, or it could be significantly better, that would be a great mission, right? Um, so write in, tell us what the hardest part of your day is. Got to got to name it, right? So that we can claim it and fix it. Because there are things that can be done to help all of us to make it better. But write it, write it and tell us. Now, we always have a topic of the week. Mm -hmm. And our topic this week, and I got to look for my other thing. Um, our, uh, okay, our, our topic this week, and I think uh, that's, that's our actual, uh, that was supposed to be our activity. Uh, can you tell that Traven and I have not had a production meeting? <laughs> lately. Our topic this week, uh, go ahead and take that down, Traven, because that's going to give it away for later. Uh, but uh, our topic this week is doing the doing a marathon, not a sprint. Because my friends, that is where we are. We all started this whole thing. I remember, you know, I, I'm a worrywart. And um, in the weeks leading up to having to be at home, and my family went home to stay home a week before anybody else did because I'm that level of paranoid and I have autoimmune issues. And, you know, so we went home a week before and I remember thinking, okay, at some point they're going to call it and we're all going to have to stay home for two weeks. So in my head, I was always planning for a three week staycation. Um, uh, okay. So uh, in any case, uh, so I was planning for a three week thing, which to me, at the time was a marathon, um, not a sprint, but I planned for a three week thing. And we are, we're, we're in week five. I'm just gonna say we are in week five. And here in Los Angeles, we have been told that we need to plan on at least, at least another four weeks. So there you are. Um, it is officially a marathon and it's probably uh, a marathon for all of us. So I, you know, I want all of us to be looking at it and going, okay, if I'm, I'm here now, you know, it's like Gilligan's Island. They went on a three hour tour and they ended up staying. And at a certain point you make do, right? You go, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to move the toothpaste over here for a minute because it's just going to work for a minute. Right. And we make do, but if it's going to be another four more weeks, like we got to find a place for the toothpaste to be where it can be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got to settle in and we got to get our hive mind geared 
towards a marathon. And that's partially why I have been advocating that we all make ourselves a visual schedule, right? Um, and that, that it exists formally someplace, not just in your brain that you make a visual schedule. I want you to know that Autism Live has always had a Pinterest page and we are working really hard right now to every week add five new topics for things to do um, that we could, that can improve this marathon that we are on. So go and check it out on our Autism Live on the Pinterest page. We've got a total of 10 up there right now. And one of the ones for this week, um, what, and I didn't get to it yesterday, but uh, it's uh, art projects. And I specifically was asked to do it for five to eight-year-olds. Um, things that they could do at home that wouldn't be really hard. And so there are, I don't know, like a hundred and some odd pins that I put there of all these different art projects that you could do. And trying to be mindful about the fact that you wanna use resources that you already have. One of which I wanna show you right now, and it's the whole idea of paint taping. Now I happened to have um, some very inexpensive canvases because uh, my son had a project the week before all this happened. And so I went to Michael's and I bought a package of canvases. Now you may not have that, but you might have paper. And if you don't have paper, you might have wrapping paper. And let me just tell you that wrapping paper is one of the greatest art supplies that there is because you can use the printed side or you can use the back and it becomes a paper thing. So um, I also happen to have painter's tape which means that it releases easily. So I can peel it off and it won't harm anything. If you don't have painter's tape, you can use other tape. And if you're gonna use wrapping paper, I would encourage you um, to use, it's, it's very likely gonna tear. So I would encourage you to use like a cellophane tape so that you can still see through it. But what you do is you take whatever paper or canvas that you are using, and a lot of the art supply stores are shipping right now. Um, and very happy to ship you stuff. So I think it was $7 for five of these at, at Michael's, which was a really good deal. And the painter's tape is something that's like a buck 50 and, and the hardware stores are shipping as well. But what you do is you give the roll of tape, where's my tape, to the kiddo, and you help them to put the tape in whatever shape that they want on the canvas. And then you let them paint different colors in the different squares. Now, there's lots of ways to do this. And if you want to make it more educational or if your kiddo is really little and is still working on their fine motor, you could tape different shapes onto the back of the wrapping paper and have like a circle. It'll, it'll be hard to make a circle out of tape, but you're brilliant and I know you can handle it. Uh, you can make a circle, a triangle, a rectangle and a square, right? And you can be working on shapes at the same time. But the idea is that they paint within the tape, but the tape gives them leeway so that if they if they go over it a little bit later on after everything is dried you pull off the tape and they're brilliant every single one i've ever seen done is absolutely scrumptious and beautiful and worthy of hanging on the wall we did this years ago at an autism walk and we had i don't know like uh, i want to say like 60 canvases and we taped them off and kids came up and picked one square to paint and sometimes they would put their handprint on them or whatever. And then we, um, we auctioned them. And so they hang all over the offices at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders because uh, we brought them into the office and it was a fundraiser to raise money for iPads through ACT. Um, now, the thing about, the reason why I'm telling you that is that it was super easy. We, were, we did it on a large scale with 10,000 kids. And I'm telling you, if we could do it with 10,000 kids, you can do it with one or two or three. Um, and it's relatively mess-free if you, um, you know, if you, you just want to make sure that whatever surface the kids are painting on is covered, you can cover it with saran wrap or foil or wax paper or take newspapers or use the wrapping paper, right? Um, to cover the table so you're not getting paint everywhere. But a kid does not have to be super at fine motor to do this. And it's very reinforcing because even if they, you know, color outside the lines, it still looks beautiful. It still looks beautiful. And even if you can't pull up the tape, because we let ours cure for quite a while, we didn't pull the tape off. And there was this big discussion about maybe we shouldn't because they looked so beautiful just with the tape. So, you know, have a ball. It'll be fun and therapeutic for you. It's great for working on the fine motor and using your eyes to be able to follow where you're going. And it's 
a really beautiful, beautiful thing. And then for the kids to see you hang their artwork, that is a self-esteem builder. So there you go. That is your activity for the day. And we have several pins on Pinterest right now. Uh, if you go to our Autism Live Pinterest board and look at all the pins that are there, we've been curating that board for years, by the way. There are other pins, but I've started a whole series and it says at home colon, and then whatever it is. And you can find all kinds of good stuff there. And I'm just going to keep putting stuff there for you guys to do. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, all right. We, uh, so we have a lot of people who are saying hello. want to say hello to Johanny. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I, uh, who I was up talking with very late and then we had to get up very early. What on earth are we doing? But she's got her lessons plan done for the day. She's got to share with us where she's getting her lesson plans from because I know that a lot of you, I watched uh, Drew Barrymore this morning on the Today Show talking about how she thought she had it all together and then school started again and how she had to put her head down and cry because it was so hard. Uh, love Drew Barrymore. Okay, uh, but I was promising you that I would tell you why we did sociodramatic play this morning. It's because our guest, who's going to be joining us right now, in fact, I've kept her waiting way too long, uh, our fabulous guest this morning is Elaine Hall. Some people know her as Coach E. She is a brilliant, brilliant woman and a brilliant mom. She is the person who started the Miracle Project and is famous for the Miracle Project and famous for the lovely Autism the Musical, which is about to have a sequel start on YouTube later on this month. And there she is. Elaine, how are you? I am so good. That's so good. Wonderful to see you. I, I want to give like a virtual hug to you. I know. <laughs> I know. That's virtual hug. Uh, isn't it it's like it's it's crazy when you don't see somebody for a while and then you see another human and you're like, I know you. You're beautiful. Uh, it really makes you appreciate uh, faces and the human spirit. I got to say, uh, we've, we've created a state of deprivation from seeing each other. And so it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, how are you doing in this COVID emergency? Well, thank goodness we're, we're hunkering down and hanging in and finding joy and seeking peace. And, uh, you know, really, thank, thank goodness we're do really doing well. Um, Glad to hear that. There's, obviously, there's ups and downs, just like all of us. And I think because we have this phenomenal community and uh, a mission to be of service that it, it keeps keeps us going. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, as you said, it's not easy every day. And one of the things that you and I had talked about yesterday that you said, oh, Shannon, this is what I want to talk about. Um, it, you know, we it's, this is a little bit rough uh, for a lot of people. And I'm hearing a lot of people at this point in the game who uh, there's some guilt about feeling like they need to be doing a lot more, that the expectation is that they should be solving all the world's problems, educating their children, being their speech and language pathologist, being their OT, being their ABA provider. And by the way, can you get your taxes done? and find a way to get groceries in here and, and cook and clean. I mean, I'm getting nervous talking about all the things <laughs> we're supposed to do. It's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, in, a, in a good day, we parents of kids that experience the world differently feel overwhelmed. We're, we're always feeling, I know for me, you know, and I, I wrote about this in my book, Now I See the Moon, I, I was always feeling that at the end of the day, I hadn't done enough. That was what I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. So that was kind of like, um, I think with autism where the neurodiversity were the only parents that were taught that we have to cure our child, you know, that it's up to us. And I don't think there's any other thing that causes that kind of um, over sense of responsibility. And even then, when, when Neil was younger and we weren't involved in this, what I had to learn was that my most important, the most important thing that I needed to do was simply to love him. Yeah. And job one. Job one. And but actually before job one was job, you know, whatever, the, the initial one is to love and care for myself. Amen, sister. Yeah. Because if I'm not 100%, then how can I be even 
for my son. And right now with, with the, um, the virus and the challenges that we have, I mean, I'm getting so many emails and so many webinars and so many to-dos. And then at the same time, I got to get my abs in gear, you know, because I got the <laughs> next, next 30 days to get in shape. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm snacking. I mean, you know, I'm eating matzo like crazy. So, and <laughs> so right now is a time of ultimate, self-love, self-care, and just love for our kids because um, and our families because all of those to-dos, they're going to be there. Yeah. I've been consulting with a number of parents and um, one of the things that they, one, one mom was so beautiful. We, 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 we always start off with a meditation and I was thinking, people have been asking me to come on their shows and do a meditation. So I'm happy to come on at any time. Thank you. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's schedule it. All right. We will schedule it. And we do okay. that. We schedule. Yes. So, um, yes. But I always start with a meditation and then just check in with the parents and ask them what's going on. And one mom said, you know, at the end of the day, I've helped them online with their on-school classes. I've done some physical kinds of OT work with them to get their bodies going. And at the end of the day, I just wanna sit with them and watch TV. I just don't have the energy to play board games. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, like, please. It's, yeah. just, it's like board games on top of everything else. So yeah. I, and I was sharing with her that some of the greatest memories I have of my um, beloved mother were at the end of the day, watching James Dean and Elizabeth Taylor, watching The Tonight Show, just being in her presence. And that the board games, you know, just hanging out together, that we're enough. Yeah. And that we're doing enough. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think I'm guilty as charged that I keep throwing things out there and saying, if you're looking for something to do, here's where to go. But I, I but thank you for reminding all of us, like no one should be doing all of it. Like, absolutely. You know, one of the things we keep saying is one thing a day, you know, do one thing a day to sort of break up the monotony of it. But I I'm, I'm from a television family. My dad was a technical director for television and television was the main thing in every room in our house growing up. And those are the memories that I have of being with my parents is watching a show together, um, whether it was when we were young and I'm going to date myself here, but, you know, watching the monkeys. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Hey, As a child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved the monkeys. And then later on, you know, uh, like, you know, I have the memory of uh, watching my parents watched Dallas. I wasn't really watching Dallas, but the whole who shot JR, these are the memories that I have that I hold dear with my, my parents, that it was a way of connecting with them through whatever age. And, and we need to be modeling all kinds of things for our kids, like modeling when to rest yes. and when, when to do leisure activities, when to do self-care. I think so often you brought up the self-care thing. I think so often those of us who are special needs moms feel like we feel like we're not doing enough, as you said. So we certainly can't take the time to take care of ourselves, but it's the biggest disservice to our children because we want to be there and be healthy for them as long as possible. And more importantly, we need to model that self-care for our kids. Don't you think, Elaine? Absolutely. Our children learn what we often don't say but what we do. And I know for me, self-care has, um, especially in, in my early days with Neil when he was younger and I went through my divorce and I had you know, all those big challenges, I realized that if I was happy and complete and full, then I could be that way for Neil. And it's teaching resilience because he is really doing beautifully in all of this. He's really doing good. I mean, the fact that we can't go to the store, our, our, one of our things that we do together is we love going to the store together and, you know, we, and get chocolate and we can't, we both love chocolate. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we can't do that right now. And rather than him get upset or have a fit, he just does the sign language for sick. 
And, and mm -hmm. I go, that's right, sweetie. Um, you know, we, we could get sick, you know, if, if we yeah. have to be careful. So by us taking care of ourselves, we're modeling how to be in a crisis for our children. We're modeling how to um, breathe and be there wholly for what we need so that we're not pulling on our children for to get anything from them. Yeah. We can be full and we can give love rather than needing something from them or needing something from our spouses or, yeah. uh, or our Zoom. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, don't know, everybody, I know I want to come on and do a whole meditation, but just for right now, I'm going to yes. take 30 seconds. Is that good? Okay, that's great. So let's do it. How you give everybody one thing to do all, all every day. All right, I'm going to invite everybody for one thing that they get to do today. All right, so plant your feet on the ground and push into the ground and feel the way your body is pushing into that ground. Take a deep, 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 deep breath. Maybe you haven't breathed like this in a month. Take a deep, deep breath and slowly let the air out. Beautiful. And then one more deep, deep, deep breath. Now fill up your chest with the air and slowly let the air out. And I'd like you to feel as your feet are touching the ground, the way the ground is supporting your feet. Feel that support. So often we feel that we're aimlessly trying to give and do and just feel the support underneath you. Breathe in again and breathe out. And now feel the way your tush feels on the chair and feel the way the chair supports your body. So you are supported by the chair. You are supported by the ground and take another huge deep breath in. If you care to close your eyes, take a really deep breath in and let the air out. Feel the way your spine is supporting your body and your head gently rests on your spine and visualize a golden light, a sunshine from as high as you can imagine coming all the way down your body, filling you with health, strength and energy. And set your intention to be loving to yourself today. Breathe in, breathe out, and when you're ready, slowly open your eyes. That was great. <clears throat> that was great. 30 seconds and we can take care of ourselves, yeah? Yes, and to model that for our kiddos. Uh, we just had somebody a couple of weeks ago talking about the research showing that it's more effective when we're trying to get our kids to do these things, to do it in front of them than to ask them to do it. Oh yeah. That's what gets them to do it is when they see us modeling it and doing it, that they recognize the difference in us. And if there's a moment, um, you know, that whether it's a moment of strife or not, where, where we as the parents say, you know what, I'm going to stop for a second and do my breathing right? That then that helps them. And, and we're walking our talk then instead of the thing that I think a lot of us do, which is, you know, do your breathing. You're getting upset. <laughs> do your breathing. <laughs> That's going to help. So true. <laughs> how do, do we like that? When I'm getting upset, if my husband says, you need to take a breath, I'm like, don't tell me to take a breath. Right? So, that doesn't help me right now. I don't need to take a breath. I'm breathing. Right? right? Yes, I'm a shrew. Uh, <laughs> right now, who isn't, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, the thing we, you know, with, with our spouses right now is just giving some leniency every now and then one's going to have a bad moment, a bad day. And, you know, we just walk away, walk away, take a breath. So, so true. We, so true. we take turns having the meltdown. It's yes. like, uh, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's really good. If ever there comes a moment where we're both having a meltdown at the same point, I don't know what we'll do, but th thus far we take turns. Uh, but all this is wonderful, but I also wanted you to talk a little bit, and there may be people who don't know your background. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the miracle project. Um, and to get, you're going to be back on the show in a couple of weeks, uh, right before 
the big debut of Autism the Musical, the sequel. But let's let's talk a little bit about your background, how the Miracle Project came to be, how Autism the Musical came to be to set us up, because people need to be watching Autism the Musical right now on HBO so that they're ready for when the sequel comes out later on this month. So tell us everything. Wow, thanks, Shannon. Um... I obviously love just seeing you and being with you. So um, I was working in TV and film as an acting coach. And what I wanted more than anything was a child of my own. I was working with children called the child whisperer and I wasn't able to give birth biologically. So I uh, chose to adopt a little boy from, from Russia. And actually we just celebrated Someone calls call it a gotcha birthday, which is um, my son, meeting my son for the first time in Russia. We just celebrated um, 20, oh my gosh, 23 years of, oh, 24 years of meeting him for the first time. And uh, when he came to me, oh, first you'll see it in Autism the Musical, he, he ran into my arms and uh, we rolled on the floor and we were bonded. But when I got him back to the United States, um, behavior started and he spun around in circles and stared at his hand for hours at a time. And all I knew was I wanted to reach him. So when he spun, I made it ring around the rosies. And when he flapped his hands, we were birds flapping together and uh, we bonded through what I learned was that he had autism. And I used music and dance and drama to reach him. I uh, started, um, is, is this glitching? Is there a glitch in the, can you guys hear me, see me? We are totally seeing you, totally hearing you. Okay. I just dropped out so that we could see you fully. Ah, you dropped out. I was like, where'd she I'm, go? <laughs> I'm here. I just, we went to full camera on you. So, oh, uh, but I'm, I'm here okay. cheering you on. All right. So, so okay. basically I learned about autism and I started to um, train and study with some of the luminaries in the field. Um, Dr. Stanley Greenspan, um, uh, Dr. Barry Prezant. I, uh, Dr. Ricky Robinson, I learned and learned everything I could about autism and synthesized what I was learning into a creative way. So how to use music and dance and drama and incorporate everything that I was understanding about uh, behavior and emotions and sensory system. And now we know neurodiversity. And I trained all of my creative friends, actors, singers, and dancers to join my son's world and provide him with what I now know is an intervention, uh, 10 hours a day, seven days a week. This intervention became a methodology that I now use in a program called The Miracle Project. And it's using theater, film, inclusivity, neurotypical, as well as those with all abilities and disabilities coming together using music and dance and drama and film to create community and to create original musicals. The program is now evidence-based showing that the Miracle Project eases anxiety, develops self-esteem, creates compassion and understanding between those with and without disabilities. And uh, since then we have, we serve over 170 individuals in Los Angeles, children to adults. Plus we have programs in San Francisco and Rhode Island, New Jersey, New Hampshire. We're getting calls all the time to have more programs and to train others how to use these methods. So that's the Miracle Project. And in 2008, a film called Autism Musical, which had followed the Miracle Project for a season, aired on HBO. And Shannon, I think I caught us up to speed. Uh, since then, um, I've written a book called Now I See the Moon that uh, was selected by the United Nations. And it's, it's my journey as, as a mom. And um, as well as I have um, uh, trained people all over the world, um, Argentina and um, 
Israel, we've, we've been at all over the world training people in these methods. And, and then also I've developed systems for parents and self-care. And so Autism Musical came out in 2008. And then drum roll, please. Sequel <laughs> is coming out uh, April 28th. So that's what's going on. On HBO. On HBO. Yeah, I so I actually like that small little network that nobody's ever heard of before. That yeah. like you'll have to look around to find it. HBO. I mean, come on, it's pretty <laughs> beautiful. And high time that they did that. Yes. Um, you know, because it because uh, it's almost a lifetime in autism different. Um, and so people can be watching uh, Autism the Musical right now on HBO um, this entire month. Now, is it is it free on demand? Where is it? Where do we find it? You know, it's on, Autism the Musical is, is on demand. And I think Autism the Sequel will be free. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. You know, it's, I, I was able to get a trailer. Do you want, guys want to see a trailer? I emailed it to you. I know late, they, they responded late. Oh, we did so, not, we did not get that and get that ready. I apologize, but no, we're having no, you back. I apologize. I'm going to come uh, back and you guys will see the trailer for Autism. Okay. But you can go on HBO right now and um, look for Autism This or go online and look for Autism. Or you know what? You can go to our website, go to the miracleproject.org and the trailer is on there. There and you then, go. And then when I come back, we'll talk more specifically about, about those two things, which is really incredibly exciting. It is incredibly exciting. And, you know, I don't know, um, at the beginning of the show, we always do a jargon of the day, Elaine, and today's jargon of the day, because we knew you were going to be on, was sociodramatic play. And the idea that when you get to, like, take another character on, that this is it's a type of play, and it's a very beneficial type of play for individuals that are on the spectrum. And just playing that way is great, but then taking that more into the performing arts, which is what you do, it's, as you said, it's evidence-based that you have been able to be a part of a study that shows that this actually helps our kids. Talk about that a little bit more. Yes, uh, so, social dramatic play, absolutely. Uh, we, we call it rehearsing for life. And what we do at the Miracle Project is we meet every child, teen, young adult, older adult, exactly where they are right now. So for those who are non-speaking, we meet them there. For those who um, are feeling shy and withdrawn, we meet them there. Wherever they are, we, we don't try to change them, fix them. We completely love and accept them for exactly who they are right now. And we have our very highly skilled uh, teachers and uh, coaches, and as well as co-actors, which are um, uh, non-disabled peers, or I don't want to say non-disabled, neurodiverse, uh, neurotypicals together. And we join the, everyone where they are using music and movement and, and creative dramatic activities so that the, their essential self comes through who they are starts to come forward. And often parents say to us that we, we have one young man who's, and we'll get him on the show, you'd, you'd love him. Um, he, uh, his mom says, I never even knew who my son was. He was so quiet and withdrawn, but he's actually hilarious, incredible sense of humor. And the first year at Miracle Project, he may have said one or two words. And today he's, one of a public speaker and an actor and it's just um helping them to to really bring out who they are and then yes playing other characters to embolden them to to uh, be a superhero to uh you know to to be other characters so they can then grow that from the inside and then yes the the, the part that we add at the miracle project um in addition to the traditional sociodramatic play, is we add the witnessing of an audience. And we start that from our first class where we invite parents to come in for five minutes to experience their child in a different way. Yeah. 
I got to say, you know, um, what you do, it's, it's aptly named. It is the Miracle Project. And all you have to do is go to one performance and you get it. You, you totally get it. The first time that I ever saw you guys live, it was uh, a million years ago, but um, I, I was coming because a good friend's son was in the performance and I had always wanted to see a Miracle Project live. You know that theater is my background. So I was like, I want, I want to see what this is. And um, I just, I couldn't move for like the longest time afterwards. I, I was there with my husband and my son and we just all were stunned. It's just so moving. It's so beautiful. First of all, to see people on stage, you know, being allowed to be who and how they are. Uh, there was a moment in that show where there was, the, you had one of your actors is somebody that was in a wheelchair and used an assistive device um, to speak and they participated fully. And then there was a moment in the show where everything stopped and there they spoke through their device something that they had written. And, and we just about needed to be picked up off the floor because it was one of the most beautiful things that I had ever seen, heard anywhere, anywhere. Um, and I, and I've, seen, I've seen some performances, you know? I've seen Barishnikov jump, okay? And like, and this, like, I gotta say, uh, resonated more with me um, as a person on this planet. And, and to give that, and that's just one example, um, Elaine, you, Every time I've come to one of your shows, it, there is a life-changing moment in it where you get to witness people affirming themselves, you know, taking their place in the spotlight, being who they are, and portraying their truth. And, um, and you see the joy that is in them. I believe in the power of theater to heal. You, you see the joy that is in them. And, and the thing about it is, is that it's healing to the audience. Mm -hmm. We get to see these people and truly get to accept them in all of their shining glory and all of their dignity. Um, and it's very uplifting, very uplifting. I, I, I weep um, because it's, it is just, it's the miracle project. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I know that there are probably people who are watching who are like, well, that's great. I heard you say it's in Los Angeles and San Francisco and it's in New Jersey and it's in Rhode Island, but it's not here in Kansas. So I want you to take just a minute and tell them about how they could get the Miracle Project in Kansas, because the truth is they can. Well, thank you. Thank you, Shannon. I, you know, I, what, what you're saying about the impact on the audience, it's, you know, the impact that we get to experience every week being with our students and, and, uh, our, our, our world, you know, it's, we're in the autistic world and it's the neurodiverse world and it's the most beautiful, the most honest, the most sincere, the most extraordinary human beings I've ever known. Um, and how can you get this in Kansas? Well, I do do trainings. I do consulting and help people create it in their own, their own community, which when all this is lifted, I'm, I, I only take two cities a year and um, everything's on hold right now, but I, I, um, I will be, you know, opening up again probably in uh, in hopefully in July, where I'll, you know, be able to to train. And I do consults. I work with parents uh, over Zoom, just like this. <laughs> I work with parents and and families. Uh, but the positives, the silver lining, the wonderful things about being homebound. We are now doing our classes through Zoom. So wow. in Kansas, we are going to be bringing right to you through this medium, we will be bringing classes to you and classes in dance. We're gonna have dance parties. So everyone <laughs> can dance with us. We're gonna have voice lessons and um, musical theater sing-alongs. What happened is by necessity, we started our, we kept our classes going, even though we weren't physically meeting, we took one week off, learned everything we could, and then started having Zoom classes and seeing the positive impact that we were making on our own students, that they said, you know, once a week, they, they're feeling, they were so depressed and now they're feeling joy again. And that joy can be transmuted, can transmitted. And, and, and it's just so wonderful for our own students that we're now going to open it up nationally. 
Okay, so we got a couple of questions and comments that have come in. Kate says, sure. will a recording of this talk be available? Huge fan of Elaine's work and would love to watch from the beginning. And yes, this is being recorded. We podcast to a bunch of different places. It'll be available immediately after the show. You can watch it on Facebook and YouTube. You can download it on iTunes by this time tomorrow. Uh, you can listen to it on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, you know, like, where would you like to watch it? I'm sure that it's there. And if it's not, tell me, we'll get it there. Uh, but it, we do record and podcast our full show. Uh, and then Aaron says that our kids need a lot of visual play support um, and seeing people interact in different ways. And that's exactly what they see when, when we are, as you say, rehearsing for life. Uh, Trisha says, you ladies are awesome. Thank you. We have something here called Angels on Stage in the Bay Area, which sounds really wonderful. Yes. But Tanya wants to know, my son does this for the last two years. I would like to figure out if there are workshops to teach parents looking for workshops on writing scripts and monologues. And I got to say, Elaine, if ever there was a time that parents could use a workshop where um, someone like you shows them how to work in this way with how to play with their kids in this way, how to get their kids to play in this way. Um, we, uh, oh, I, I apparently I have it wrong. It was Tanya who said about the angels on stage, excuse me. Uh, but in any case, uh, if, you know, if, if you were giving a webinar about that, I think you'd have some attendance. Parents being coached on how they can do this with their kids. Oh, that's Just a, a suggestion. Idea. So yeah. come to our site and give us these suggestions. I'm actually meeting with a program director today. So, um, and, and for those of you that sign in tomorrow, come to our site and, and um, uh, it's themiracleproject.org and um, with all your ideas and we will put, we want to serve. Um, we're going to be putting a meditation, a once a week parent support but it's not a traditional support group. It's about mindfulness and meditation and self-care. My husband, who's an incredible cook, if you ever go to my Facebook, you'll see, he's been coaching parents and um, single dads on how to cook, you know, how to buy for a week and cook for a week and, um, you know, simple recipes. So we're going to put that together online. We really want to be of service to the community right now. And, um, uh, so just come to our, come to our, our website, ask the question. I think it's in, info at the miracle project.org, but you'll see, but project.org and okay. it's the, the other thing I want to add, I want to invite everybody and probably might want to be able to get him on. Um, we're doing a book launch, a free book launch from a young, brilliant autistic writer named Joshua Corwin. And you will hear his name. He is a voice in autism. He is a poet and his poetry is beautiful. So- um, Love uh, to have him on. Yeah. And, and um, but his book signing is this coming Monday, Monday, April 20th. So again, come to our, come to our website. We'll have information on that as well. Is and it now a virtual book signing? It's a virtual book signing. I'm okay. sorry. I just assume that now. It's a virtual book <laughs> signing that is open to the world. The good Wonderful. thing is people will be able to come in from Kansas and New Jersey there we go. that never would have had that opportunity. And we got to take our blessings where they can come in this in this horrible mess that we're in. So there you go. There now, you know, one of the blessings is, is you can take a class online from the Miracle Project no matter where you are, but you got to go to themiracleproject.org. We're, we're about to be out of time. So I want to just thank Elaine again for all the work that she's doing. I want to remind all of you to go watch Autism the Musical so that you're ready. It's the 28th, is it not, that it comes out on HBO? The, Autism the, the Musical comes out uh, on April 28th. And right now, Autism Musical is is on HBO. So There we go. So you want to be good, ready. a good thing with your family. There's maybe two or three bad words. So la 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 during that but right other than that it's it's a good feel good um, i think most of our kids have heard at least one or two bad words uh it's worth watching so uh and go to the miracleproject.org to follow elaine and all the things that she's doing and get some resources from her i gotta say really quickly that we're back tomorrow with dr doreen grampichet don't and she's going to be answering your questions so don't forget to be here for that on thursday dr carrie magro is here with us 
wonderful, outspoken autism advocate, international speaker, love having him on the show. And on Friday for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, we have documentary filmmaker Vena Tiero with her new film, Believing in Miracles in Spite of Autism. She's, uh, her first film was My Tiero Boy. She's the mom of two, two young men on the spectrum. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. All that and more, but we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much, Kochi. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow. Give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now, you guys. A virtual hug. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>